So here we go. Um, want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. And it's a pretty cool uh, episode that we got lined up. Um, and it kind of falls into place with everything that I've been talking about, um, you know, in terms of investing in real estate and buying houses and, and uh, ways to work your mortgages. And, you know, this, this episode is really going to pull everything together because we've got a guest, uh, who is someone I've worked very closely with, have a lot of respect for, and, uh, kind of grew up. It's, it's funny because, uh, his, his story resonates with me in terms of how I grew up. So anybody who knows me knows that I don't have any time for people who don't hustle and don't work their fucking ass off. So a lot of the times you see second generation and third generation business owners and they, they just come from a, a really, you know, well-established family and business where their parents have worked hard to build this up and they don't, they don't have that drive and that hunger to succeed, um, you know, that's really buried in, in a lot of us entrepreneurs. So Pat Nadeau, he is one of the top real estate agents in our area. And his family, uh, his father, Pierre, who I knew first, um, you know, A1 guy, very successful real estate agent. I had the same idea about Pat until I did my research. And I found out that he started in the real estate office at a very young age, but it wasn't selling properties. It was cleaning the bathrooms. So that's kind of how he was introduced into the business. And it was very similar to the way that I was introduced into the business. And that's at the very bottom. You start at the bottom, you grind, you learn every single job on the way up. And that's how she goes. Is that a true story? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely, anybody that knows me personally, like my friends and stuff growing up especially knows that there wasn't much like handed to me. He definitely wanted me to work for it and earn it. Um, obviously just the way that he did too. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, it, it really, it creates a type of person because when you talk to Pat and, and you guys will kind of, you'll understand by the end of this, how hungry and passionate he is about business and about his business. And we were talking before, before we started to record. And, um, one of the things that came up was relationships and business. And, you know, as younger business people and millennials, we often don't see the value in relationships that, that we used to, but, you know, Pat, Pat and myself, we both agreed that, you know, relationships are number one, right? hundred percent. hundred percent. So, We've got a couple questions here that we're going to just jump right into, um, you know, and we're going to see uh, how sharp Pat actually is on this. <laughs> uh, on this. So we've been, uh, last few weeks, we've been talking to uh, you guys via social media and we've got, uh, ton we had tons and tons of questions come through and they were all awesome and we appreciate that. But uh, I kind of picked out the ones that I thought uh, would be most beneficial to, to people listening. And uh, here we go. So right now we're familiar with, uh, you know, the current state of 
everything that's happening. Um, you know, mortgage rates right now are at an all-time low. So I have a follower and they were asking, is it smart to pull equity out of your house at a low interest rate and invest it in something that's going to produce a higher return? Absolutely. I mean, if the numbers make sense, why why not? I mean, with like you said, the banks give they're basically giving away free money right now, like at one point nine two or one point eight three percent. I'm I don't know how they could get lower than that. So when you're able to borrow that much money at you know at that rate, why wouldn't you? But like I mean, my first point at the beginning there is is what it all comes down to is the numbers have to make sense. Yeah. As long as they make sense, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, because you get. Oftentimes you get like people are, especially the older generations I find, and I'm sure you run into this all the time where they, they have this mentality where pay everything down. I don't want to have debt and don't borrow. So cancel all your debt out and, and just live and save your money. Mm-hmm. You know, is there any merit to that statement or like, how do you do it? What, what, do you, what methods do you use? I mean, yeah, obviously the concept of having less debt is, is, is a good concept. And obviously that, like you said, the older generations, that's kind of what they grew up on. Um, to me, I mean, I think that acquiring more assets, especially assets that are paying you money, uh, like rental properties and so on flips, whatever, um, if you have an asset that's paying you more money or paying you more money than if as much as you're as you have into it or more it's a no-brainer to me mm-hmm. um especially with the consistency in the kingston market you know historically and the prices going up and and so on you're only building those assets up so you know you could save your money and go buy something that's going to depreciate in value or you could borrow money and put it into i mean people i i, I look at people every day borrowing tons and tons of money um on vehicles. Mm-hmm. I have a client I was talking to the other day that I won't mention the dealership, but he said he signed bills of, of sales where the interest that was going to be paid on the vehicle was more money than the vehicle he drove. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so they just borrowed money. And this happens every day. I mean, it's to keep it up with the Joneses, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're we're borrowing all this money at a high interest rate for something that's going to depreciate in value. And that like happens every single day. Go drive by our car lot right now in a global pandemic. There's nothing there. Yep. So people are buying that stuff left, right, and center. Yet, you know, I don't know what they're paying on this. Five, 6%, let's say. You're going to go borrow 1.2% and you're going to make money on that? Like mm-hmm. to me, it's a no brainer. You Absolutely. know? It's, uh, it's funny how you say that because it's such a simple concept. Like, just look at there it's not it's not rocket science it's not calculus we're not we're not really these numbers to figure this out how to make money doing this stuff it's not really difficult so the fact that you know a lot of us are really caught up in how we look and what we drive and and this stuff we have you know it's it's nice to have that and we all like to have nice stuff but you know we can't jeopardize our well-being and our family and you know our savings for a rainy day to look to look good. And and wouldn't it be nice if you had an asset that paid for that liability? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, yeah, the, the way to go is going for something that's going to pay you first as, as, as opposed to going to something that's going to depreciate value, obviously. Totally. So. so so on that note, you had mentioned the Kingston market heating up. You know, there's a lot of, you know, values are increasing. 
What do you have to say to people who are, are, are thinking that the market is going to top out or there's going to be a correction, um, you know, in, in the Kingston market, in the Toronto market, or, you know, do you, do you foresee prices to continually increase over the, the foreseeable future? Uh, I mean, nobody can predict the future. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, uh, but I can talk about historically what's happened. Uh, and the first thing that happened when, like the first thing I did when we found out that there was a global pandemic going on was I called a lot of the older realtors in town mm-hmm. and I said, what did 2008 look like? Yeah, Because we've been in That's that situation, so right? We've yeah. been in a position like this before <clears throat> and how I wanted to know how we were affected, what I could expect and what I can do. Cause, cause there were agents that made it through um, and, and everything else, but Kingston, for whatever reason, I mean, it's, I, I think it's based on the two influences of Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. We're smack dab in the middle of three yeah. different cities where the sale price is a lot higher than us. And we've always been positively affected by them. But what those agents told me, uh, you know, the ones that I respected and talked to, they said they were barely even influenced. Mm-hmm. Like Kingston didn't go down, it, it, it leveled out, but it, like it didn't continue to continue, like go mm-hmm. up, it leveled out, but we didn't take a, a drop like some of the places in the United States did. Um, with my company, I've talked to a lot of people in that time where, you know, those properties went down, but I think in any market too, the other thing to be said is there's an opportunity in everything. Yeah. So I, I look at 2008 and those guys in the States, there was guys just picking up, you know, huge amounts of property, uh, at next to nothing. So but as far as a correction moving forward, I think Kingston's been solid historically. We've gone up 2% per year until 2017, 10% comp, like every year over that. This year, we're going to even probably more than that. It's odd to hear it, but like this pandemic has positively affected the real, real estate industry. I think people sat at home uh, for, for two months and realized, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't have enough room yeah, for the wife and totally. kids. I need to, you know, get something bigger. <laughs> um, and with the, with the rates being so low, a lot of first time buyers are trying to enter the market as well. So I don't foresee anything in the near future happening. Obviously I can't tell what, what's going to happen with this pandemic or where that's going to lead, but Kings has been on the rise big time. Okay. So, and I've got a, a question about uh, first-time home buyers here that we're we're gonna come into, but there's something that Pat said, and it it fucking resonates with me, the, the just the way he speaks because I say this time and time again. People need to listen. If you're in business, listen to older guys who have done it because they're so generous with their knowledge. They want to fucking see young entrepreneurs succeed. They've done it. You know, older business women, older businessmen, they've all done it. They've been through the same stuff. It's all cyclical. So when he's reaching out to these guys who have lived through something very similar in 2008, that is just, that's number one. So any anybody who's listening who, you know, if you're a young entrepreneur and you want to know, you know, how do I start? What do I do? You know, reach out to other other people in business because you know that's it's invaluable information you can't buy that you can't buy that on the internet you can't buy a book you can't this is real life stuff so you know that was just an interesting point that i wanted to touch success leaves clues right absolutely 100 percent um okay so you were you had mentioned the you know first time home buyers and we we had a question come in and they they had mentioned when do we know that it's the right 
time to pull the trigger on purchasing our first home versus renting? <laughs> Always, 100% of the time. Why pay somebody else's mortgage is a simple answer to that. Um, sooner than later though, like you, like I look at, I, the perfect example for me is somebody who in 2016, which I had people that I personally talked to in 2016, which is the year before the market went nuts. And they said, well, we're gonna wait, we're gonna keep renting and we're gonna save some more money. Well, for one, you're not really saving much more money because you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Mm -hmm. But the waiting game is not the way to go uh, because waiting is only gonna cost you money. So enter the market and, and let that you know, asset go up in value as opposed to paying somebody else's mortgage that's going up in value for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. that makes total sense. And you know, I, I feel the same way because your mortgage payment, especially with the price of borrowing money right now, your mortgage payment is really not going to be that much more than your rent payment. 100%. I mean, you're going to have costs associated, but... I think that's, I honestly think that's what people don't understand. I don't think people do the, uh, do the math on what it's going to cost them. And there's a very, very easy way. I send this out to a lot of first time buyers or people who are like even considering or my buddies who are still renting that I'm smacking in the head. <laughs> um, uh, you can just look up a mortgage calculator. There's hundreds of apps, run the numbers. Um, you need five to 10% down, depending on, you know, what you want to save and what you want to do. Uh, run the numbers and, and, and reverse engineer what, what it's going to cost you. Cause I think a lot of people would be very, very surprised. And if you don't want to do it that way, call me, call, uh, I'll connect you or call more, connect with a mortgage broker and they can run the numbers for you. But it's literally as easy as that. And, uh, like downloading the app and, and running the numbers, uh, reverse engineering it. But I think a lot of people, once they find out, especially with the rates right now, it's nuts. Um, when they figure out what it actually would cost them a month to carry a home, it's, it's pretty much the same as it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah, 100%. it's absolutely mind blowing. 100%. And if if there's one regret that I have, you know, in my younger life, it's not getting into the the real estate market sooner. So, you know, well, I mean, it, I didn't necessarily have an abundance of money when I was younger, but I the sooner I would have got like every mm -hmm. year that I've been in has mm -hmm. just exponentially increase the value of these properties. So it's, you, I, can't, you can't say it enough. I think that's the point right there though, is like the only time that it makes sense to rent is you physically don't have the money to do so. That's it. Yeah. Uh, if not, a lot of people are going and moving back home and everything else right now too, but um, to save to save their money. Um, but uh, with, uh, with saving up their money for your down payment, another thing that I don't think people realize um, which is why it's so good to connect with a mortgage broker is you can pull money from other sources. If you have RSPs and stuff saved up, I, I had a one of my good buddies, so I smacked in the head about renting, did that uh, two years ago and now he's in a home. He, he he contacted this person, he had enough RSPs saved up and it was like your your money to get in the market and get your foot in the door was sitting there this whole time yeah. and you didn't even know it. Yeah, and the, and the, the repayment terms on that RRSP, uh, first time home buyers plan, right, I'm, I'm not really familiar with it, um, but I think you, you need to repay it over 15 years and it, it's interest free. It's generous. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a no fucking brainer, especially if you, if you work for a company that's matching what you put in, or you have some type of a, a corporate plan, fuck like your, your money is doubling or your money is increasing by 30% because your, your company is, is putting in money too. So it, that's money being used for your down payment that 
you didn't even put in. And that money at 10%, because like I said, the the King's market going up 10% per year, that money's going to make you more money in a home than it would ever in your RSPs. Yeah, 100%. So you had mentioned people, young adults, so they'll finish post-secondary education and they'll move back home. How much are you, and this question actually came in, let's see, how, how are you expecting the market to react to people, young adults moving back home? So they come out of school, they have a university degree, a college degree, college diploma, whatever. And instead of going and purchasing a home or, you know, going out and getting in, involved in the market, they're moving home. Yep. How do you foresee that affecting the market? Uh, well, I, I, it's, it's definitely making it, it's, it's hard right now for, for people coming out of university and college with the debt that they essentially have to have going in there, unless they've had their parents or whatever pay for that mm-hmm. um, experience. You know, there's not really a, a way around it. So it's just making it harder for, for first time buyers to enter the market. Um, I mean, obviously that, that affects the lower, uh, you know, percentage of, of, uh, uh, how do I say it? Like the average sale point or lower end average sale point, like the average sale point in Kingston right now is 450 Your average, uh, first time buyer is buying in a 350 ish range. So it affects that as, as far as not having as much, you know, um, demand for that product. Mm-hmm. But there's already, I mean, in any, in, in any market for any product that's a lower end um, or sh- like less money, there's always going to be a higher demand for that. So I don't know if there's going to be a huge effect on that because. Don't they call that not, the, the buying triangle or something? Yeah. The, the bigger, it's bigger at the bottom because mm-hmm. more people can access it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, okay. So I guess continuing on with the first time home buyers. Three pieces of advice they want to know from you. What are three pieces of advice that Pat would give to first-time home buyers? Okay. Uh, one, set realistic goals. I think that the most common thing that I see with first-time buyers is they enter the market, they're all excited to buy a home, and they think... And it, I mean, it's not our fault, it, it, you know, the first time home buyer's fault. They just, they, I think they have that expectation that they're going to buy the same home that their parents live in. Mm-hmm. Well, your parents have saved their whole lives and, 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 you know, they're 50 some years old. Plus they, you know, they have more money than you. That's quite, I mean, the easiest yeah. way to put it. So I think the first thing would be set realistic ex- expectations because you're not getting your dream home right off the, the hop. Um, there's a couple other things you can do to make it more so your dream home, like a purchase plus mortgage and et cetera, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, so that would be my first tip. Definitely. Um, that's probably the most common thing that I see is, is, uh, those expectations. Um, the next thing would be, it's never too early to connect with the professionals in this field. So it's never too early to connect with a realtor, a mortgage broker. Cause I find a lot of times, people are coming out and just being like, okay, I'm ready to buy a house like right now. Um, and their finances aren't in order. So the, the one horrible thing that happens and or heartbreaking, I should say, is they go out and find a home and, and they don't have their pre-approval or they don't have all that stuff lined up. And because of how hot the market is right now, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, everything happens so quickly. Yeah. You don't have the time to, to make, you know, what you need to have happen. So I think 
connecting with a realtor, sometimes people are like, oh, I didn't want to talk to you because I, you know, we're still a year out. I'm like, there's no harm in doing that. You know what the best thing to be in any market is an educated buyer. I've been looking at trucks for a long time. You and I were talking about yeah. this before. I know it's a good deal. I'll know the kilometers. I'll know, you know, the price, everything, the year. I, I know those specs like the back of my hand because I've been watching it and I'm an educated buyer. Yeah. Um, so in part of that is when you get your, you know, in contact with the realtor, if you're a year out, they can do something very simple. And I think some people think it's a lot of work for us, but we have a search engine that we set up. So we get them set up on whatever their, you know, rough criteria is. Yeah. Obviously, if they're a year out, they probably don't have a pre-approval yet. And I'm set up on this for investment properties through Pat too. So this does work. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And what it, well, it's, and that's a whole other <laughs> conversation too, but getting somebody set up on that takes, you know, 20 minutes of my time and then they can watch it for a year. Yep. And then it's good for both of us because when they come back to me in a year, I have an educated buyer. So there's a, a level of trust that we now have as well because they understand the market. They, it shows you what properties are selling for and everything. So, and then the other thing, the flip side is um, with a mortgage broker, if you don't have the money now, like the RSP conversation we were talking about, they'll prepare you for all the stuff that you need within the next 12 months. One, <laughs> number one being do not finance a vehicle. Do not finance a vehicle. Do yeah. not finance a vehicle. Do not find it's a vehicle before you buy a home because I've seen too many houses, uh, too many deals fall apart because of that, because it's all about your, your debt ratios, yep. right? So there's stuff like that that they can prepare you for too, so that you'd be surprised how much more money you can get approved for and get, and that gets you, you know, in turn gets you one step closer to, like I said, getting mom and dad's home of, of a quality. Um, so that's two, um, number three, I'd have to say hire a buyer's agent. Connect, like yeah. I said, it's, it goes yeah. right back to my second thing, but have somebody represent your best interest. I think a lot of people think that when they see, this is like, no, honestly, the number one cons, uh, misconception in my business, I think, is that you have to call the realtor that's on the sign. You can hire somebody, it costs you $0 to have somebody represent your best interests. So if somebody contacts me, even if you see a property that's you know for sale by another agent, I get to come in, my commission is paid by uh, the listing side, and I can represent your best yeah. interest. For free. For free. It's a no, it's yeah. another no brainer, right? So that's, that's another thing. And I guess a step further than that would be, you don't necessarily need to hire your friend, uh, your family member, whatever that, you know, that's in the business. The person that you select should be the person who you think is going to represent Absolutely. your best interest in the, in the negotiation yeah. process. My friends and family, you better use me. I know where you live. <laughs> But, uh, but you know what I mean, right? So it's, I mean, you're hiring us to do a job. Yep. So if you were going to hire somebody to do any kind of service for you, wouldn't you interview a couple of people? Wouldn't you get a, a couple of quotes or ask what their experience is? And I don't think people do en enough due diligence in both ends of buying their home and listing their home. Mm -hmm. Interview a few agents because it shows uh, what different agents have to offer and different agents experience. If somebody's across the negotiation table every single day, they're going to have a lot better. They're going to be able to look out for your best interest a lot better than somebody who's doing a few deals a year. Yeah. You're so bang on. And anybody like anybody who listens to, to me or talks to me will, um, you know, they'll attest to this, but I do not like 98% of real estate agents. I think they're lazy. So they look for easy deals they don't want to do any work. 
They just, whatever. So, and I've dealt with probably in, I would say the last 10 years through buying and people representing other clients and, you know, agents on the other end of deals. I've dealt with hundreds of agents and there is, I can count on one hand the amount of agents that, that I would, um, you know, recommend to anybody. Obviously Pat and his family are number one on that list, but it's you when like when Pat says interview, absolutely, because they are doing a job and it's not easy. Like people say, oh, you know, you, and you can get your real estate license, you know, out of a cracker jack box. That is not the case because I actually personally took the course, not because I wanted to practice in that field, but because I wanted to educate myself. And it's not as easy as you would think. And I, I mean, I went to university for engineering, so I'm familiar with education. I know you know, how to, uh, how to study and it's not easy, but the number one most important thing over the, you know, kind of the, the education part of the books is experience. So doing it every single day, seeing these different case studies and understanding how that works. And I think that's what these guys specialize at. So we had somebody ask, a lot of followers are in the Toronto market and one of them wanted to ask you because we're seeing an exodus of people leave Toronto, the downtown core. People are moving out there that they expect to, you know, um, with working from home or with everything going on. So how do you think that's going to affect property values in downtown Toronto. Do you think with these families moving out, there's going to be enough younger people moving in to fill the void? Or do you think that that market is going to correct? In Toronto? Yes. Uh, so well, they've already had some corrections. I, I, I don't know the Toronto market like as obviously as well as I know here. I know they've had a little bit of corrections over the past two or three years. Um, but being such a big city and, you know, I'm sure they're still seeing some huge growth. I don't know that it's going to, you know, have a huge correction. I do know from the realtors that I've talked to in Toronto, um, they have the same common trend that kind of you've been talking about. And I think a lot of other big cities are going to start to see with everything that's going on right now, where people are leaving that downtown core and going out outside. So I think the downtown condo market will probably see some corrections, if anything. Um, and I, I know from what I've seen and, and from who I've talked to from our partners in Toronto, that that is the one main thing that's been affected and uh, in, in days on markets being affected. I don't know how much the values are. I just know that they're sitting for a lot longer, mm -hmm. which obviously they go hand in hand. So the value's Absolutely. gotta be affected. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So kind of on this on the same point, with everybody working from home and with, you know, office space kind of, you know, some people think that it's going to be a thing of the past and perhaps, you know, these we work spaces are going to be the new office of the future. I have my own opinion on what I think this is going to do to commercial office real estate, but what's your take on it? Um, well, it's, it's kind of funny that you asked that because so, I mean, a little bit of background on, on, on our, so my dad had started his own company called Nadeau Realty. 
which he ran for five to 10 years. Uh, and it was, it was going great. We had a huge office for anybody who's familiar with us that was on Sydenham road. And, uh, it was a lot of space for us. And the way the, the things have gone, even long before COVID, we, because of the technology that's available to everybody right now, we had less and less agents coming into the office. That's got to be consistent with a lot of other businesses. And so what we did, we ended up selling that office and buying like a third of the space in the East End, which is obviously up and coming in Kingston as well now too. And that office now at a third of the size is still empty because of the technology that's available. Mm -hmm. Another step further, we actually (laughs) hung our, our, or took, took the name off the sign and we've joined with another brokerage called EXP Realty, which is essentially the Netflix to Blockbuster. Everything is done online. Uh, it's all through the cloud and everything else. So we are actually the perfect example of a business that is adapting to to, to the, that trend. Um, and and yeah, I think I think mainstream off like the office as you know it today with you know, hundreds of offices for, you know, everybody to come in and work in every day is going to drastically change. And, and like you said, I definitely foresee some floating office space coming into play very soon. And and the other thing too is, well, at least from what I've watched in your videos, like with EXP, it opens you up to such a network of people. So like you're talking to guys who are in the States, who are in Toronto, who are in Western Canada, and I'm watching these videos and, and you're conversing and learning from these guys. Like that's gotta be beneficial to, to someone. That that has been the number one thing that's influenced my business uh, since we switched over. I can't even, like I feel beyond blessed to be connected with these people. You and I were talking about, before we got on this, about loyalty and relationships yeah. and everything else. Well, the way that this brokerage model is set up is that all these guys that are are huge top producers are financially aligned for me to be successful, which is like wild. Mm-hmm. But a step further than that, like my favorite thing in the aspect of, of that business and, uh, and, and life and success and everything else, I like the ability to reach up, to sit across the table yeah. and do what we're doing right now and be connected with guys like you and guys like these guys that has been the number one thing that has pushed me to to work harder every every day and and be successful is because success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. So and and with these guys that I have connections with, like the one guy I have a cell phone number could call him right now, five hundred deals in one year. Like <laughs> he's that's cr- that's crazy. Like for anybody who really doesn't understand, you know, that is an un. I've never even heard of that. It's, that's two deals a day. Crazy. He's right. I don't even know how you could, he, he, I can't imagine he had much of a life and, uh, but that's, that's excessive. So for me to have that contact where I have a, a problem with in my business and you and I were talking about pain points and stuff like that before this, but I, I, I literally have access to people like that. It's almost impossible for me not to be successful. And that's all been made possible through the cloud. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are in Texas, Ohio, like whatever, all over the Florida, all over the place. And, uh, you know, they're, I, I have access to them, you know, at the touch of a button, which is pretty, pretty amazing. And it's, it's so cool too. Like you say that, you know, this, this enables you to be successful. And I agree with that a hundred percent, but you know, a really important thing that, you know, 
you don't mention too often is what has been pre-programmed inside of you and the drive that's been lit inside of your stomach from your father. So instead of coddling you and fucking bringing you up like a big fucking pansy, he was hard on you, tough on you, and it made you who you are. And I think that's why guys like that want to work with someone like you or someone like me, because we just listen, we learn, and we execute. And like you had said, you're working 80 hours a week. That's that's nuts. And obviously your girlfriend, she's cool for, for understanding that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what it takes. And and my wife as well, she's, she, she understands that that's required for the success, but it's that, that's not common people. There's very, people can't do that. My, my, yeah, there's, there's one quote that my dad sold me, uh, my whole life. And it's stuck with me. I think, you know, about it every day. He said, live how other people are not willing to live now so that you can live like no one else can later. Yeah, yeah I fucking love that. It's, and it's so fucking true, man. 100%. It, it resonates with me and everything that we do. And yeah, I mean, like your dad's a fucking, he's obviously like he's a legend in this area in real estate. Everybody knows who he is. So I mean, something that he says, obviously, I've called him for advice in the past and he's just, he's very knowledgeable. So I mean, it's, you know, that goes without saying. Um, so I want to touch a little bit on, uh, you had said this and I, I watched your video the other day, um, something that you're passionate about and you've done this a few times yourself, but some people say that this is an archaic or old fashioned way of using real estate to make money. You have a different opinion on flips. Can you give us some examples on that? I, I love it. I think flipping properties is extremely exciting. Um, and it's not the, I mean, the craziest thing to me is it's not rocket science at all. Um, I mean, like, you know, there's obviously a lot of different, you know, ways to make money in real estate, holding properties, letting them go up in value and having, you know, your rent rental income come in is, is definitely one phenomenal way of doing that. Um, but I like the thrill of flipping a property and seeing a big check at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, you're in and out really quickly with a market that's climbing like Kingston is, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to do. Um, the math is basically, you don't want to be the most expensive property on the street. You find something that's comparable to one of the nicer properties on the street has similar features and square footage, but doesn't have the same finishes kitchens and bathrooms. You walk in, do the math on how much it's going to cost you to, you know, renovate those things. Is that property going to be comparable once you've done those things to the other properties on the street? If yes, and and the you know the profit margin is still there, it's it's a no brainer. Um, really important to have a good realtor to help you along the way because I think the number one mistake people make in flipping properties is spending too much money and yeah. thinking that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to vault the ceilings. I'm going to spend hundreds, whatever, thousands and thousands of dollars on lighting and stuff like that. It's, it's all about spending the money in the right places, but you know, I thoroughly enjoy it. If anybody wants to out there, wants to talk to me about it or is interested in trying to do it, it's a lot of fun and, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's a way to make investing. I mean, investing is always fun, but it's a way to make investing really, you know, a thrill. And you've done this, you know. Yeah. obviously more than a few times. So you're, you're pretty knowledgeable at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you, you enjoy flips. So I've done a few flips. I, I like to buy and hold, um, because 
my my connections in the the construction trades aren't as strong as some people's um but it's funny that that you said don't what what you were insinuating was don't make the house out like you're going to live in it like it's not your dream home mm-hmm. so like the with the vaulted ceilings or you know whatever you you had mentioned look at the hardware mm-hmm. like that's so fucking cheap yeah 100 that's not a that's not a fucking tens of thousands of dollars of fix yeah you don't need to go out and well depending on the price range but you don't need to go out and spend five dollars a square foot on uh, tile or whatever that whatever you're doing in the flooring find something that's relatively nice that is sellable mm-hmm. within the modern trends that's going on look up pinterest if you really have to if you don't have that creative mind <laughs> um and i don't and honestly i don't i don't have as much of a creative mind i just see what sells out there and that's why it's so important to connect with the realtor too is because we see what's getting money in these bidding situations that we're having i'm watching like when, when I go through a property and it's priced similar to something else I've shown that week, but it has a lot of the finishes that I see popularity in, the grays, I make the joke, you can buy a house and paint it all gray and sell it the next day and make a profit. <laughs> um, but uh, but you see those common trends and I'll walk through your house and I'm like, somebody's gonna go crazy on this. Somebody's gonna overbid mm-hmm. um, because you know that's consistent with the trends. But that's why it's important, like I said, it circles right back to, somebody who's having a realtor on your side that is in homes every single day and seeing what's going on in the mm-hmm. market. And it's funny that, you know, you, you were saying that, you know, you need to be experienced on these things and, and you need to be in them every day. And that really, you know, educates somebody on, on this stuff. So, you know, as much as you want to support you know, family or new guys in business or whatever you really like, this is a huge investment. And for a lot of people, it's the biggest investment of their life. So, you know, don't take it lightly, but at the same time, don't be afraid to pull the trigger because, you know, it's going to make you money. 100%. Um, so I want to touch something or touch on something quickly about, uh, that you mes- mentioned, and it's something I'm not, I, I think I know what, you, what you're talking about, but it's called a purchase plus mortgage. And um, elaborate on this because sure. that, that I, I jotted this down because it's something I want to learn. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, so this has been uh, huge, especially with the mortgage, like the, the rates that are available right now. I will never not use it personally because I think it's, it just makes sense. The biggest uh, thing that I see it influence though is uh, first time buyers. So when they're coming into a home and they see something that's for sale for say 350, like I said, the average sale price in Kingston is 450, may probably even closer to 500 right now. Um, it's hard to find you something that has everything that you need. So let's say we find something and you know it needs $20,000 worth of work and, and they'll be like, well, we can't afford, we don't have $20,000 to throw away. So. What happens is, and and I have to do my due diligence here and say, talk to your lenders first because it's not anything that sounds too good to be true usually is. There's a lot of you know things that have to go into this, and every lender does it differently. Some of them need you to get certain quotes. Some of them, you know, there's an appraisal process after, and so on. But the gist of it is, if you're doing improvements to the property that are going to positively impact the value of the property, the bank will give you the money for it. So you go out and you do a new kitchen and it costs you 20 grand. The bank will write you a check for 20 grand 
and bundle it into your mortgage. So you buy the house for 380, you put 20 in, into the kitchen, your mortgage is now 400 and you haven't had to pay out of pocket for the kitchen. Can this be um, used uh, with a CMHC or Genworth secured mortgage? Yeah. Or that's crazy. It's, it's kind of a no brainer too. I mean, the, it depends with, it's different with every lender. One of the catches is a lot of times you have to come up with the cash first, but go take out a line of credit for 30 yeah. days and do the work. And it's, you know, you're getting it at 2% or well, less than 2%, 1.92% was the last mortgage I saw come through. So you're basically fine. Yeah. Holy four fuck. years was 1.83 was what I heard last. So I don't know how. That's fucking insane, man. That's, I don't know that. It, I don't know that it can get lower yet. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um. Okay. So. There's one, there's one interesting thing, and this kind of leads, leads back to uh, young people in business. So Pat and I were chatting before, and I had mentioned to him one of the reasons, because I had a preconceived notion. You always have preconceived notions of people. And one thing about me is I want to see fucking people in business work their nuts off. If they're not working their nuts off, then I have zero respect for them because... I know how hard it is. So when you see somebody make something out of nothing, it's so, so, you know, it it just, it makes you so proud of that person, even if you don't know them that well. And something I noticed about Pat, and I just did a video on this. So it's, it's fucking crazy how, you know, coincidental this is. But the first time we were doing a, we were doing a giveaway at the meat shop. So we we had, uh, Pat was raffling off gift cards from, from the meat shop in Harrowsmith. And he came in and he was dressed in a suit. Okay. And this is a 25 year old guy. So he's, he's young, but you know, he's, he's educated in real estate. Like he's 45. So don't let the age fool you, but he's. He comes in and he's dressed in a suit. And just like I said the other day, just because we're seeing a kind of a flip in in trends and, you know, it's cool to be this Gary V type. And I love Gary V. Gary V type entrepreneur where, you know, you've got the, you know, the fucking casual clothes and you're going to meetings. And as cool as that may seem, it is so important for us as business people to be respected in certain situations. So if you wear a suit and you're meeting somebody for the first time, that gives them an opinion of you before you even speak. So I think it's very important as much as, you know, we see moving forward in, in you know, with, with business becoming more and more trendy and being an entrepreneur is more and more trendy. You know, we can't, we can't lose sight on, on the fundamentals of, you know, business and respect and loyalty to me is, is huge. Um, so I guess, you know, that's, that's kind of all the questions we want to touch on, but, um, I'm going to throw it to Pat here and I just want him to, uh, give us a little bit of background, uh, fill us in on Nadeau EXP and, uh, maybe give us his social media handles. Uh, so yeah, social media, uh, Instagram's Pat Nadeau underscore EXP. And then it's just my name. If you look me up on Facebook, uh, which look me up on Facebook cause Gilmore's is doing a giveaway for Christmas here. <laughs> uh, we got 12 days of Christmas coming up, but, uh, my, my, 
my background. So uh, on on Nadeau, we've we've been running the company. Well, my father's been running the team for five or ten years. Uh, we have one of the biggest teams in the city, which has its own realm of uh, uh, you know awesome uh, benefits for for buyers and sellers. But um, we've we've developed a system. I talk about you know you look at the most successful companies in the world. Like the first one that comes to my mind is McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They've dialed down a system so easy that a 16 year old could run the company Mm -hmm. because everybody is doing what's the highest and best use of their time. Uh, I I heard something the other day, one of my mentors said, you can't scale hero. You can't, if, if, if there's, if it's a one man show and and one person is doing all the work and you're doing business with that person, because it's only about them, it's, it's only going to get you so far. And that person can only produce so much. But what we've done is we have the best people, we have the, the marketing you know, team doing what they do best. We have you know, our videographers and drone people doing what they do best. Our office manager is the best in Kingston guaranteed. I know that for a fact, she's a rock star. Uh, and then the agents, all we do is sell homes. The, my highest and best use of my time is sitting across the table from a buyer and a seller or negotiating contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I don't need to be doing a lot of the back end stuff. Uh, the paperwork, everything else that that gets left to the people who have better attention than I do yeah, totally. uh, to, to detail and everything else. So the the people that are what we've done is leverage everybody's time um, with EXP. That's a whole other story. But that's so EXP Realty. We were one of the first brokerages in Canada to make the jump. It was a big jump to make. Obviously, my dad taking his name off the sign that he's worked for so long to build this brand and everything else. Uh, we've now become part of this company. It is the fastest growing real estate brokerage in history uh, for a good reason. It's there, it's, a, it's a whole other presentation that I have to give, but uh, instead of me just being at the bottom, like branch owners and everything else, it's an agent owned company. So I'm I get stocks in the company. I get rewarded for recruiting agents and bringing agents over to the company financially. Um, and there is a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of training. And like I said, my favorite part about the business is now I can reach up. So mm-hmm. I have access to the rock stars and the people who have been the most successful in North America at doing what I do and follow their road to success. Um, so it's almost like being plugged into all those people. I don't know how we couldn't you know, offer the most uh, possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the background on, on us. And, um, the background on me obviously is I'm, I'm beyond driven to, you know, be successful in this business and we'll do whatever it takes. So, and like, honestly, I don't give kudos too often because, you know, I consider myself somebody who, who has traded life for success and traded my life for, um, business. So when you find like-minded people, you really gravitate towards them. And Pat is one of those people. Um, so like, I can't say enough about him. And honestly, if just talk to him, give him, if you, if you're looking to sell your house or, or buy a house or, or you just want advice, like he's, he, it's easy to get a hold of him and you don't, it doesn't mean you need to commit to, to using him, but trust me. He will blow your fucking mind. So like, seriously, guys, give it a shot. And I'm going to finish up with one last quick story. And this uh, involves uh, the Nadeau team. Um, and I believe it was before the affiliation with EXP, but I could be wrong. 
But the, the point is, there was a new development uh, subdivision near my house. And it had sat and sat and sat and sat with, um, I can't remember the brokerage that was, was listing these properties for people to buy. But it sat, nobody could sell it. Nobody. I think it, it might have cycled through a few different uh, <clears throat> companies. And, uh, you know, nothing sold. It just sat there. It sat and sat and sat. I saw the uh, Pat's name go up on the sign. And this was before I really knew him that well. I knew it because his family comes in the store and I, and I know them that way, but I didn't really know him that well. The next thing I know, that entire development is sold out. And I'm not talking like fucking six months. I'm talking like six weeks. It went dormant for fucking two years and then sold out in like six weeks. And that is just goes to show you the difference between, you know, people who are hungry and people who are educated and people who operate in this field, you know, the, the, the next level that these guys are on. So, you know, if anybody has any questions about any of this stuff, reach out to me, reach out to Pat, um, you know, and we both have a huge network. So, I mean, if we don't have the answers, we can certainly find it out. But. 100%. Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.